Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guys whose drawings just come to life. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. You better hope my drawings don't come to life, because we've drawn some pretty crazy stuff over the years. That's true. You know, we used to draw comics where we would just murder each other all the time. <laughs> That's what you do, right? I think we've talked about this, yeah. probably for Dream Machine. Yeah, for like all of these stories that are about killing your friends, of which there are a lot. It's kind of a trope. It's hard not to kill your friends, you know? <laughs> you actively have to try every day not to kill your friends. Some days it's harder than others. I know, right? That's why it's so hard to find friends when you're an adult, because you just want to kill everybody. <laughs> oh, man, Brandon, how was your week? Did you do anything super mega awesome? Um, been just kind of playing video games. Uh, do tell. What you getting back into that. Uh, well, I was playing Zelda still, because that game just doesn't have an end, I guess. It's just forever. Sure. So I was still playing that. But then Final Fantasy 16 came out, and mm, then yes. everything stopped, and I just played that. It's okay. I've been the same with Diablo 4. Um, how you liking Final Fantasy 16? I've seen some video gameplay. It looks pretty great. Oh my goodness. I'm liking it a lot. The music oh, is great. The battle oh, system the is great. The voice acting is really good. Yes. It's just awesome all around so far. I've heard... Uh, I watched somebody that streams it, and... Uh, like I'm trying not to pay attention to the story because maybe one day I'll play it, but the music is just so good, Brandon. I can't wait until they mm-hmm. add some of it to theater rhythm. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, and in Final Fantasy, so they can add the theater rhythm. <laughs> yeah, all these main Final Fantasy games are just vehicles to get more music into theater rhythm. Exactly. That's all they are to me. Yeah. But uh, that's awesome, Brandon. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Um, I had quite a week this week. We had two trees come down in my backyard. Did I did I, did I talk to you about that? No. Remember. What the hell's going on in your backyard, sir? Well, I have these two jimungus trees. They're like they were like seventy feet tall. It is jimungus. Yeah, so that's what it says in the. Actually, it's pictured in my trees in the dictionary when you look it up. Oh, right wow. next to jimungus. Yes, jimungus. So I was always worried because they're not. One of them's not doing so hot. Like it's it's kind of looking like shit. And they're 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 kind of shitty trees. Like there's a soft breeze, and like there's just a bunch of debris of sticks and everything in my yard. Mm-hmm. So I was always worried that there would be like a gentle rain, and that would, you know, lob one of the giant branches off, and it would crush me while I'm working. Oh, so, God. yeah. So I don't have to worry about that anymore because we got to it before it got to me. Oh, nice! A preemptive <laughs> strike. Exactly. So we destroyed it, but. uh I have so much room in my backyard now, and I have, it was going to be like a thousand or more dollars for them to haul away the wood, so we were like, eh, we'll keep it, you know. I have like a ton, like a literal ton or more of wood in my backyard right now. (laughs) Nice. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with that wood? (laughs) You could build a cabin back there. I could build so many things. You want to know what I don't know how to do, though? Build anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like a pretty good time to learn now. What's the opposite of a handyman? Because that's me. Just a man. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, look, I can't build a goddamn thing. If I, if there was a gun to my head and they said, all right, you're going to need to build a ruler, I'd be like, I can't do it. Just shoot me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't really do much of anything, but people think I know how to do things and they ask me to oh. do things. And all I do is Google it and I don't know why no one else <laughs> can do that. <laughs> But yeah, YouTube everyone thinks I'm an expert great. on things, and I'm just like, how to do blank. And then I'm like, yeah. Gosh. 
That's how you I do know. It. I'm going to ask to help me out with my next project. <laughs> oh, I'll be an expert. <laughs> well, Brandon, enough chit chat. Let's cut to the chase here. We have an episode of Tales from the Crypt to cover. Oh, we sure do. Yes. Uh, we just got done watching the tale. Oh, what am I doing here? Was this three years ago? We just got done watching some Tales from the Crypt. Season two, episode 14, I think. I don't remember. But anyway, it's called Lower Birth. How'd you, uh, how'd you feel about Lower Birth, Brandon? It was an interesting one. Uh, big implications sure. on the Tales from the Crypt lore in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. And I feel maybe this would have definitely mm-hmm. been a last season episode, ideally. Right. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Like, Corman's Calamity and Lower Birth. Very meta episodes, very like Tales from the Crypt is kind of really in the universe kind of thing. Yeah, it's like we're turning Tales from the Crypt on its head, but it's like, well, it's only been on its feet for like a little bit, so <laughs> wait a little longer before mixing it up. It is definitely, if this was any other show, this would be like the final season, last ideas kind of thing, but now we get both of these. One thing that I will say, Brandon... My notes for this episode are probably the shortest notes I've ever taken. They're really short. Wow. <laughs> well, that works for us. Yeah, well, yeah, because you know, we're double recording today. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Just I think there's a lot of scenes in this episode where like nobody's really talking and it's kind of slow. And then if I'm being really honest, Brand, a lot of this episode doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you could condense this down to a commercial length. Y- yeah. Yeah, like uh I don't I don't know. It's got some cool things to it. You know, it's kind of like a time period piece a little bit, you know, maybe like the 20s or something. And I, I don't I don't know. I think we should just get into it cuz quite frankly, I don't really remember a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll experience this all anew together. Okay. Somebody wrote these notes. It was me, I think. So let's let's get into this. Let's talk about it. Our episode begins with our best friend, the Crypt Keeper, and he's rocking a little baby doll, Brandon. Aw, it's a cute beginning to this horror show. <laughs> right. He <laughs> shushes us by saying, oh, hey there, isn't he just so cute? And he slowly lifts up a hammer and yells, that you wanna? <laughs> and he shakes <laughs> that hammer. But he notices us in the room and says, whoops, Crypt Keeper here, kitties. Speaking of kitties... Tonight's sickening saga should be subtitled A Tale from the Crib. Uh, He's ruining this whole episode. He grabs his (laughs) giant book of stories and slams it down on the baby that squeaks a little and says, Yes, fear fans, I've got a real nursery crime for you this time. It's all about the humble beginnings of my favorite horror hero. So, call the babysitter and break out the barf bags as I narrate a nauseating novella with a very special place in my heart. I affectionately call this one Lower Birth. We zoom in on the picture for this episode, and I gotta say, it's pretty boring. <laughs> There's some metal bars yeah, in the foreground. Not a whole lot going on. Right? There's like a, a metal bar. There's there's three dudes in there and also a mummy, I guess. I don't know. There's not much to say about it, really. No, it's just a very on-the-nose depiction of the episode. See, what they should have done, um, you know, as the IMDb article ruined last week, there's a two-faced man here. They could have easily just put the two-faced man here, and it would have looked great. Yeah, if you've got a two-faced man and, like, two business people talking, between those two things, you go all in on the two-faced man. Exactly. Maybe a little bit of the mummy, but two-faced man is where it's at. This cuts us into the episode where we're at a carnival in, like, the 1920s or something. 
there's some carnival music playing and some people walking around playing some games and whatnot, having their, you know, best life. And we quickly move over to a carnival barker that is not the guy from Dig That K. He's broke on. Should be, though. I know. I wish he was back and better than ever. They're talking about all the amazing attractions that they have there. Um, and now I just realized why my notes were sh- so short. Because a lot of this episode is this carnival barker just talking to the crowd about stuff. And I didn't write down a lot of what he said. <laughs> I just kind of summarized yeah. what he had to say. <laughs> Well, I will say that the name of this little sideshow is Feely's Fantastic Fairway of Freaks. Oh, that's so many Which Fs. is interesting. So many Fs. And I guess a little bit of spoilers, but uh, I kind of see where the Crypt Keeper got his love of alliteration from. Oh my gosh, right? It was in in his DNA. I guess so. <laughs> um, So this guy's talking here, and he's mostly talking about... You know, the freaks that they have, because this that was the thing back in the day was freak shows. And he says they have hideous products of God's twisted sense of humors. And he goes on calling them heinous, unnatural, inbred. What a jerk. Anyways, they got Fanny the Fat Lady. Mm-hmm. Over 450 pounds of bovine beauty. There's the Littles, Brandon, a family so small, they allegedly live in a shoebox. There's also the skull face of a living human skeleton, which we don't see. And their star attraction, the amazing Enoch, who's got two faces. You gotta see this shit to believe it, Brandon. He ushers people in and says that it'll only cost him a dime, which is such a bargain, right? There's room for every man, woman, and child. And we watch the crowd just surge into this tent. But we stay back with a dude with a top hat on. I'm sure that'll be nothing, right? Mm -hmm. We see some sort of two-faced man peek out of the tent for a moment with his four eyes. But he quickly gets yelled at by a man who whips him, calling him a naughty boy. He lifts Enoch up, and we cut over to the barker, introducing us to Fanny, the fat lady. And the camera pans us over to that fat lady, who is in a rocking chair in a big red dress, and she just laughs a whole bunch. That's kind of all she does. Do you have anything to say about Fanny, the fat lady, Brandon? I mean, Fanny's fat and all, but not like, (laughs) you know, pay money to see her and be like, oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, this is an attraction. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, you know, in the 20s, there, were, there weren't very many fat people. I, I remember seeing a picture that, like, there was a gentleman's club that were, like, only people that were, like, 255 pounds or something could enter into or something like that. But, like, I don't know. It's only a dime, though, Brandon. It's only a dime. I mean, a dime back then is probably, like, $100. If someone... <laughs> Asked me to pay a dime now to see, like, a super fat person, I'd be like, all right, it's a dime. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> pay a dime. I'll see a fat person. Uh, sure, <laughs> exploit people. Why not? <laughs> what is this? Say cheese and die, too? What's going on here? <laughs> Back with Enoch, he's dragged over to and thrown into a cage, and he's locked up. And the man there... I think his name is Mr. Sickles, tells him to stay there. Over with the Barker, we get to see the next attraction, which is the Littles. And they're not in a shoebox at all, man. It's just a family sipping tea and stuff. I want my dime back. Just living. (laughs) With Enoch, a man asks how the hell he got out of his cage. I guess that's a thing. Enoch gets out of his cage. Oh, man. With the Barker, he introduces their most alarming and unusual oddity ever to be put on display, anywhere, anytime, and any place. 
He looks behind the curtain for a moment to make sure everything's good, and it is. So he introduces Enoch, the two-faced man in his cage. And I wanted to see that skeletal person, but whatever. I guess dimes only go so far. Yeah, you gotta pay two dimes for that. Shit, I don't have two dimes. (laughs) I had to buy food for my family this week. (laughs) Enoch, he's a bit (laughs) shy, so he hides his face for a moment and then dramatically reveals himself. And he does indeed have two faces. The crowd all gasps because this man has two damn faces, complete with like three noses, four eyes, and two mouths. It's crazy. His second face is just yeah, kind of like exactly on the what side. they said, right? And so in my notes, though, I put thirty-four eyes. I, apparently, I fat fingered that. Now that would be something. I would pay so many dimes to see that. <laughs> thirty-four. Eyes. I'd be making it rain dimes. You know the prosthetic on Enoch, though. I, I don't think it's the worst I've ever seen. It doesn't look too terrible. It's not the worst I've ever seen. And at first, I was just like, "Oh, they kind of just like slapped a Halloween mask on his face and like." glued it on but later on in the episode you do see it kind of move a little bit yeah yep yeah there's later on he's like sleeping and his his second mouth like moves and stuff too it's not bad the lights are real bright as the crowd murmurs and stuff and enoch holds his hands up to a second face you know because they're just so bright and then we fade away to later that night so now we're in a trailer and we hear the barker whose name is Ernest, yelling at an employee which was mr sickle about making sure, about making sure that Enoch is in his cage before the, the show starts. Sickle understands and he just doesn't get how Enoch can get out of his cage. And Ernest threatens that the next time it happens, he'll be happy to discuss with him the retirement of his most amazing Enoch. Sickle stands up saying, Oh, wait a minute, Mr. Feely. Without me and Enoch, you're no different than any other two-bit sideshow. He's the only thing you got that's different. We now find out that poor Enoch is dying, Brandon. Oh, no. And Ernest complains that Sickle couldn't keep that little nugget of info away from him. Apparently, his freak isn't the only one with two faces. Oh, burn. 1920s burn. That's a nice one. Mr. Sickles' meal ticket is winding towards a merciful end. So, don't tell him how much he needs Enoch. They'll ride out Enoch's life as long as Sickles owns Enoch. Ernest owns him. And it's that way or the highway. Ernest slams his way out of the trailer, and we stay back with Mr. Sickles for a moment until he gets fed up and leaves the trailer, too. And we see that a man with a top hat, I don't remember who that guy is, walks out of the shadows and lights up a cigarette. In the background, we hear Sickles yelling and whipping Enoch, saying he's been a very naughty boy. I summed up that one so fast. <laughs> I think that one lasted a little bit longer, but <laughs> that's okay. That's like the longest scene of the episode. Yeah, my bad. These notes. We're like already halfway done with them. <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to see the rest of it so yeah enoch is uh he's dying brandon i don't think they tell us what he's dying from but like i guess we could no we're supposed to just be like oh he's got weird defects so he's dying yeah i don't know it was the 20s though you know if anybody had any weird defects it was like oh let's get the casket ready <laughs> let's go talk to Ezra. True. <laughs> the scene fades and now we open up into a bedroom of sorts sickles lights up a match and the top hat guy is just there. He emerges from the shadows. So Sickle blows out that match and gets super startled because there's a dude in his room. And the man says, I see you prefer a lower berth. And I was like, huh? <laughs> title drop. What? Right. It was such a forced title drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I just put huh in my notes. So like, <laughs> let's move on. Sickles asks how we got in here. And the dude's like, oh, I, I just used the door. Anyway, you can call me unconventional. 
Sickle gets up and is about to call the police, but the guy says, Nah, you shouldn't do that because I'm your salvation. I don't I don't know. He's Dr. Zachary Kling. Zachary Kling is at Mr. Sickles' service. He ushers Sickles to sit down again, so they do, and, and Sickles asks what kind of service the doc can do for him. Well, now, Dr. Kling here, he heard the altercation between the owner of the carnival, and it seems Sickles' days here are numbered. Sickles is sitting there, eating his dinner, and asks, yeah, so what? And the doc says that he's recently made an acquisition from which they both can benefit if Sickles catches his drift. Sickles is interested, and he asks what it is, and Zachier laughs and asks if Sickle is a card player. He dabbles, so the doc says that he must confess that he has a certain zealousy for the game of chance. And that's that scene, because now we're outside and the doctor is <laughs> recalling a tale about how he played a game with an archaeologist by trade, but he couldn't play poker for shit. The doctor and Sickle walk over to a carriage, and the doc lifts off a sheet revealing a sarcophagus, saying, When it became clear that this gentleman was going to owe me quite a large sum of money not strictly in his possession, it became imminently clear that something of equal worth would have to be bartered as collateral. And he opens up that sarcophagus as the music gets mysterious, and we see that there's a wonderfully preserved woman mummy inside, and her name is Myrna. Myrna. I don't remember her name. Something like that. But Zachier prefers Myrna. So that's what she is going to be called from now on, is Myrna. She's an Egyptian slave girl that was buried alive for repelling the pharaoh's advances. A rather high price for playing hard to get, right? <laughs> yeah, and she was 16 at the time, by the way. Yes, yes, she was 16. The pharaoh was like, hey, young child. <laughs> He's such a predator. Let's go. And she was like, mm, nah. And then he was like, all right. Well, you're dead. Exactly. That's probably exactly how it happened, too, right? <laughs> yeah. She was just like, I don't know. And he was <laughs> like, well, <laughs> now you're dead. Yeah. So this this archaeologist that uh, Zachary Kling was playing with was just like, all right, I'm out of money. Uh, what else I got? What else I got? My watch, maybe? No, my I got this from Kmart. Uh, what else? Oh, this mummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he owed so much money that... He was like, I can just give this mummy away, I guess. Allegedly, Brandon. Allegedly. Oh, sure. Yes, story. yes. So, yeah. The camera pans us down to a scarab necklace that she's got on, right? And the doc goes on about how sad her fate was. Doc snaps out of that saying that she's Mr. Sickles's for a 60-40 split. Do they have a deal or what, Brandon? Sickle tells the doc take that he's it. not a sucker. I know, right? Can you just imagine Especially how many dimes that is? Sickles, like, loses nothing on this deal. He just gets her. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Kling's like, hey, you want free money? And Sickles is like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Think of all the dimes. You can get so many hamburgers. I don't know oh what they Oh my god, have. you could see so many fat people. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Sickles like, Doc, I'm not a sucker. What? What's in it for you? Well, yeah, anyway, the doc is a gambling man, so he's going to gamble on Mr. Sickle. Plus, he needs to keep a low profile for a while, and it'd be best if he wasn't wrapped up in a sideshow. Sickle asks, what about that sweet bling around her neck? And Zack tells him it's completely worthless. He offers to consider Mr. Sickle his agent, especially considering his present situation. And the two men shake hands on the deal, and they drink to the occasion. And Sickle looks again at the sarcophagus with a grimace. And that circle fades us over to... The new exhibit of Myrna the Amazing, uh, I don't know, Mummy. Really great stuff for the 20s, I guess. Uh, dead person. Woo! Yep. Uh, fat people, dead people, two faces. Yay! It's a fun show for the kids. 
money gets exchanged all over the place because we get this little montage of people just like paying whole dollars for this stuff it's wonderful yeah there's extremely fake looking dollars oh man right they look so bad <laughs> they were really bad Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite sideshow attraction. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. If you're looking for bonus episodes, some movie reviews, video episodes, and more, check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. We post new content multiple times a week, so there's always something new to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Best, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Rad Magical, The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, Preston, and Corey, The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Faith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Fair, and Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. For all the latest and greatest updates for the podcast, give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram at UpAllNightPodcast, on YouTube at UpAllNightHAPodcast, and on TikTok at PrivateIslandPresents. We've made tons of content, like handmade memes, videos, GIFs, and more for you to enjoy, so I hope that you take some time and check it out. We've got plenty of live events going on, so hang out with us on Instagram on Wednesday nights, starting around 7.30pm Eastern, or follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc, where I play some video games. I have a bunch of sound bites and videos that you can play while I'm streaming, all from the episodes of the shows that we've covered. We're coming up pretty closely to the end of Season 2 of Tales from the Crypt, and we're going to be doing a ranking episode with questions from fans, so if you have any questions for us, get them in. You can email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work for the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For those celebrating, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. We see the mummy is on display here, and Enoch also sees the mummy on display, and he's really liking what he's seeing. Yeah. He's, he, he sees he's it. taking that 16-year-old dead girl. Yes. <laughs> we watch him watch her over and over again, because we see them reveal Myrna just a bunch of different times, and it is making bank. We cut back over to some more of the carnival's attractions for a moment, including a fire eater and a kangaroo in a cage. So Woo! I know, right? That would be some wild shit in the 1920s. Can you imagine a kangaroo? I can't even imagine one today. I would just yawn. I would be like, what? I'm not paying a dime. I saw one yesterday. Did you? When's the last time you actually saw a kangaroo? I don't know. Probably like a month ago. Are they like squirrels over there? Are they everywhere? They're like deer in Michigan. Oh, okay. That's cool. You just like look in fields and they're just there. But sometimes they come into neighborhoods. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Do they call us uh, all sorts of havoc? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're, oh, they're pretty all right as far as that. Kangaroos are good in my book. I don't... They'll kick your ass, though. I've, I've heard, yeah. Do you guys have, like, signs up? Like, we have, like, deer crossing, you know? Because we have, like, back roads and at night. You, you used to live in, in, in a, kind of like a deer-infested area. Do they have signs up that are, like, careful of kangaroos? You know, do people hit yes, kangaroos absolutely. and stuff? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Those poor kangaroos.
We cut back over to Enoch, right? He's in his cage. He's sleeping. And his two faces are struggling to breathe. He's like a pug, Brandon. Yeah. That's why he's dying. He, it must be tough breathing with two faces. I don't know. He snaps awake because there's a little girl outside his cage. And he gets real embarrassed because he's got two faces. <laughs> and the girl just stares at him and then crouches down close to his cage and smiles at him. And Enoch smiles back a little and then heads on over and mumbles out a word or two. I thought maybe he would be like talking a little bit, but he just kind of he just kind of mumbles. He doesn't talk. Yeah, he lives his life in a cage. No one taught him how to talk. I guess not. The little girl offers up her baby doll, and Enoch loves that shit. Enoch kind of mimes for the girl to get up and draw the curtain, somehow, and she understands his request. I don't know how she does that, but she gets up and she pulls the curtain back, revealing Myrna for Enoch's delight. And Enoch sighs at Myrna because he thinks that she's probably beautiful. The girl looks at the mummy, and then at Enoch and smiles when her mother bursts into the room yelling for her. The little girl runs over to Enoch and gives him her baby doll before mom yells more and takes her away. And Enoch utters out a few nothings, and then we fade to Mr. Sickles with his whip walking into the room, calling him a naughty boy. Mr. Sickles sees that baby doll in his arms and asks, what's all the hubba in here with this? Give it to me. Enoch doesn't do that. Instead, he growls at Mr. Sickle and clutches the baby closer. And Mr. Sickles looks over at Myrna and then says, Well, shit, you carry the torch of that old bag of bones, aren't you? You sick, pathetic. It's a family you want, is it? And Enoch mm-hmm. smiles in delight. And Mr. Sickles laughs in his face about him not having a normal life and family. But then he notices a newspaper on the ground in his cage that has Myrna on it. And reads it saying, Priceless Egyptian Mummy Stolen. <gasps> Uh-oh, Brandon. <laughs> oh, no. Did you ever see that one coming? That twist, Brandon, of it being stolen? Uh, well, he definitely seemed like a shady character. Yeah, right. Mr. Sickles takes the news over to the good doctor who's playing some cards with the little family. With the, like, the literally, the little family. And he's, uh, <laughs> like, he's in cutting cards, you know? He's sweeping up the boys and everything. Playing some chop poker. Exactly. <laughs> Sickle slaps down that newspaper article saying, we need to talk right now. And the doc looks at that shit and excuses himself from the table. And the two walk over to a more secluded section of the carnival. And then Mr. Sickles gets rough with our personal physician. He grabs some hedge clippers and pushes him up to a pole telling him to start explaining. He didn't win that mummy from a card game. He stole it from a boat. But why though? Was it for the necklace? And the doctor says that he doesn't have any use for a 4,000 year old dead person. But Sickles grabs him again, asking, why didn't you just take the I could think of a now? thousand uses. I mean, money. <laughs> I mean, he's making money off of it right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Dimes, sir. Come on. Think of all the dimes. That's so much Carl's lemonade. The doc explains that there's a curse. And it's totally true. Whoever attempts to take the necklace will be rendered, uh, well, you know, unable to procreate if you get his meaning. And I'm just like, what is all this now? <laughs> What's going on? That's such a specific curse. It's almost like that one necklace from that one, uh, you know, thing from the grave episode. You would be able to make so much money just offering this mummy as like a contraceptive to people <laughs> who don't want to have children. I I mean, <laughs> Sickles giggles about that saying, you mean whoever takes their family jewels and he uses those hedge clippers and snips at the doctor's dick <laughs> loses yeah. theirs. Sickle starts to walk away saying, yeah, I'll take my chances. But the doctor stops and saying, wait, you're not listening to me. I hired a man to take that necklace off. That night I found him. He was castrated. 
Sickles gets saucy saying, oh man, too bad it wasn't your father that took it, if you get my meaning. Mr. Sickles just made that super wicked joke, so he turns to walk away, but the doctor grabs him. And Sickle turns around and accidentally stabs the dude in the belly with those apparently razor-sharp clippers, Brandon. I know. Those clippers, though, Brandon, they are so sharp that he gets stabbed all the way in his stomach. They're ridiculous. Yeah, it's like a lightsaber. It just slices right through. It's insane. It's all the way up to, like, the hilt of the clippers. I'm just like, whoa. The doc collapses to the ground and he fucking dies. <laughs> the carnival music starts up and it's 20 minutes to showtime as we stay with Sickle for like 15 seconds and he looks at the dead body. Over with Sickles. He's got this suitcase and his hat and he's, he's ready to get the hell out of there. He opens up a tent flap and walks on through leaving the suitcase there and it looks like he's visiting Enoch in his cage. And he walks up to that cage and opens it up saying, oh, it's Enoch, my boy. Seems like you've gotten out of your cage again, huh? You've been a very naughty boy, haven't you? And he plants the clippers in the cage, saying, poor doctor. Then he walks over to the mummy and draws the curtain, saying that those two make a lovely couple. And he starts grabbing the necklace off the mummy. And this really upsets Enoch. Like, he gets pissed. He starts banging his head against the cage and he growls. Eventually, he does get the, the necklace off of that mummy, and we see Enoch grab the clippers. Mr. Sickle starts putting the necklace on, but we see the hedge clippers slowly make their way to Sickles' junk. And there's the, some snipping and screaming. And then the eyes of the mummy open up, and they're all whited out. And it looks really cool, but I don't get what's happening. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. In the moment, at least. You're just like, wait, what? Right. How are any of these shots connected? Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm, I assume it's because, like, you know, he put on the necklace, which invoked the curse, and now he can't have kids, but he's just dead. And, I don't know, her eyes open up to enact the curse, maybe? I don't know. This fades us to the stage where Ernest is there talking about how fantastic his freaks are, and he's presenting the amazing Enoch, the two-faced man. And he draws the curtain, but Enoch is not in his cage. It's like, what the hell? They paid good money for this shit. They cheated us. He is a fraud. The crowd just hates this shit. Ernest is all, uh, anyway, let, let me show you this really cool mummy attraction we got. She's from the Valley of the Kings and everything. And he talks about how the woman rejected the pharaoh's advances and was condemned to death. And the crowd gasps as he continues saying that she was buried alive and put in a sarcophagus. And that's been her home for the past 4,000 years. And he commands them to look upon Myrna, the Egyptian mummy. And the curtains are drawn, but we don't see Myrna at all. We see the dead body of mm -hmm. Mr. Sickle with the clipper sticking out of him. And the crowd is straight up disgusted by all this murder going on. And then the scene fades. Yeah. Worst use of a dime ever. I mean, look, I bet you people would pay a, a dime to see a dead body. So <laughs> just just probably one that they like expect. <laughs> Not one that's just there. We time travel, Brandon. We got time travel in this episode because we're a one year in the future now. And we see some police officers looking for Ernest. Over with Ernest, he takes a seat next to some wagons and is about to partake in some day drinking. When those police officers walk up, Ernest assumes it's about the permit. But nope, it's not. The officer sits and talks about how he was there one year ago at the sideshow, and he had some unpleasantness at the time. Ernest never did financially recover from that. But the police officer tells him, well, I got something for you to see. And we cut over to a cave of all places, Brandon. We're in a cave now. This episode takes us everywhere. And the police officer is talking about how some kids found this cave here. When they saw what was inside, they ran away. This place apparently stinks, and there's flies buzzing all around, and it reminds me 
of the tale of the last dance where that weird guy lived in the sewers and had a place to sleep and was scavenging food and stuff it's kind of basically oh yeah it's it's very similar to that exactly yeah there's a table with some food there and the camera pans us over to a makeshift bed where enoch is laying there with the mummy and they're dead ernest sees the sand good lord and he runs out of that cave like he's about to vomit the camera pans across the cave to find a little cubby where we see a little baby crypt keeper. He's like... <laughs> he's like a little cabbage patch with his nose missing. And it's kind of adorable, honestly. Yeah. He's got little He's cute, cheeks. but also it's very creepy. Because he's a baby, but he's like also kind of dead. Yeah. His mom is a mummy who was already dead. Yeah. But that's kind of the end of the episode, right? We see the Crypt Keeper baby, and they're like, and scene, we're out of here. Any questions? Well, too bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you want to know how this works? Well, we don't know either. Yep, we're just going to end it on a high note. We get to see baby Crypt Keeper. I, I love that, though, because like, the Crypt Keeper spoiled literally the ending of this episode. <laughs> like... Everything from the Crypt Keeper at the beginning to seeing the Crypt Keeper baby is like all the, the middle part doesn't matter at all. <laughs> None of it yeah, matters. Except for I forgot what this episode was going to be about. So at the beginning when he's like, yeah, this is a story about my favorite horror hero. I was like, oh, is this going to be like a Frankenstein story? Dracula? Right. I don't know. Who, who's his favorite right. hero? But it, he's just a narcissist because it's himself. Exactly. Yes. I was like, oh, the origin stories of George uh, George Romero or something? Nope. It's Baby Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> what a scam. I paid a good dime for this episode. With Crypt Keeper, he's got a little handkerchief and he's sniffing like he's been crying. And he blows his nose and he cries some more saying, oh, sorry, kitties. But that story just makes me go all to pieces. And he's got that baby doll from the beginning and he throws that to the side with a cartoonish sound effect. And then he giggles a whole bunch. And he says... I was a cute little terror type, though, wasn't I? As for Enoch and Myrna, I guess you figured out by now where I got my good looks. Old Two-Face was my daddy, and the mummy was my mommy. And he laughs a bunch. And and then he starts sniffing and crying again, saying, Oh, if only they'd live long enough to see me become a star. We never even had a chance to play hide-and-go-shriek together. And he cries a little, and then bursts into laughter. And that is the end of Lower Birth, Brandon. Oh, boy. Like I said, my notes for this one were probably the shortest I may have ever taken. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I feel like I got everything, but yet <laughs> it was so short. I mean, that's the story. Like there's this two-faced guy, he falls in love with a mummy and they make a little baby. Yes, and everything else is like everything else is just important. flavor text. Exactly. Yeah, they they added in the spice about the necklace for no fucking reason. <laughs> there's like characters that die and I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's uh it's something that happened, I guess. Yeah, you could describe this whole episode as something that happened. It's one of those ones where it uh was there. So yeah, that was that was lower birth Brandon. Um moral of the story, I don't know. Keep your dimes. You could get something real great out of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh Did you get anything out of this one? I know, <laughs> no. It's a tough one um sharpen your hedge clippers you might need them they seem pretty sharp already they just come that way yeah they come as sharp as like japanese chef knives <laughs> don't steal mummies i guess 
Yeah, I suppose you shouldn't do that. Especially not ones that are, like, cursed. And The thing about this episode, I think it's so funny that, like, everybody knows the story of this mummy. I mean, I'm assuming they talk and stuff. But it's in the papers. And the papers were just scattered on Enoch's cage. Like, nobody read that and was like, hey, I found the mummy. <laughs> it's, it's in this sideshow. <laughs> like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that part. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Alternate titles, though, Brandon. I got one. I got one for sure. Crypt Keeper Babies. Oh, Crypt Keeper Babies. He makes our dreams come true, Brandon. What a wonderful thing. How about Times is Dimes? <gasps> I love it. I say that all the time <laughs> for every occasion. Um, yeah. I think it, it could have like a very, uh, you know, vague name, like The Sideshow or something. A lot of these episodes seem to have like very vague names. They're either yeah, they very do. vague or very, very descriptive. Too specific. Yeah. There's no in between with this show. They're like, oh, hey, girl. Girl, you ain't looking like yourself this week. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> Would you like me to come over? Let's take you to a doctor. <laughs> that is the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, let, let's see what this cast is all about, shall we? Let's take a stroll to IMDb. And take a gander at this cast. We have a couple yeah, there of Yeah, there were some people in this one. Let me open them up here. We got four people. That's a, pr- it's a pretty good amount here. We got uh, Louis Arquette, who played Ernest. The late Louis Arquette. He passed away in 2001, uh, which makes sense. I mean, he was quite old in this episode already. But uh, let's see what he's been in. Let me scroll, 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 scroll. He was in a ton of things. Started his career back in 1965 with the very naked canvas as Mike Arquette. That seems pretty risky for to 1965. Start. Yeah, right? Um, he was in Rescue from Gilligan's Island, a TV movie from 1978. I didn't know that it existed. That's cool. Um, I'm trying to think here. What do I recognize? St. Elsewhere back in 84. I, like, recognized him immediately, but I didn't know what it was that I recognized him from. But it turns out that it was uh, Little Nicky, the Adam yes. Sandler movie. Yep, he was in Nick- Little Nicky, yeah. More importantly, Brandon, he was in Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, a TV series, a cartoon, it looks like, from 1985 to 86 that had 26, 23 episodes. That is pretty cool. Like, I think he's most famous... For being the father of Patricia Arquette, David Arquette, and Rosanna Arquette. Oh, yeah, that's probably what it is, huh? <laughs> yeah, what do you think he thought of Patricia Arquette's episode? Do you think he was watching it like, dude, put on some clothes? No, he saw it and he was like, I gotta be in this show, too. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a sexy scene of me getting eggs? <laughs> he was in um, the English dub of Kiki's Delivery Service back in 1989. I do love that movie. He was in Captain yeah, he Planet, was in, Brandon. He was in the Akira dub as well. Oh, nice. Okay. I remember, I remember, like, I wasn't alive when Akira was in, in theaters, but I remember, I remember hearing the stories about how everybody thought that was going to be a kid's movie, and it is not a kid's movie. <laughs> Hell no. Um, yeah. He was in a lot of, uh, he did a lot of voices and stuff. Uh, he was in Seinfeld for an episode as leap and larry oh shit i remember leap and larry i don't i don't remember that one but he ended things on a high note in 2001 he was in as told by ginger (laughs) so pretty great yeah fantastic (laughs) i think he did great rest in peace lewis arquette 
Next up, we have Mr. Sickles, played by the late Stephen... Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Stefan Garash. I'm saying that name wrong. He passed away in 2014. And he has also been in a lot of things. 129 credits on IMDb. Started things off in 1951. Shadows of the Cloak. That sounds radical. Uh, he was in some things in the 50s and the 60s. Pretty much every decade. He was in Bonanza, Brandon. That always sounded like a fun show that I'd never watch. I've heard of it. Went on for like a million years, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. My mom, I believe she has like every one of those episodes on DVD. So Wow, yeah, god damn. one of them shows. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii Five-0 back in the 70s. He was in uh, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, which is not The Littlest Hobo. So there's that. He was in MASH. He was in a lot of the, you know, drama-y things from the, you know, 70s through 60s kind of thing. Alfred Hitchcock Presents and The Twilight Zone back in the 80s. Star Trek The Next Generation. He was in that for an episode. Last thing he was in was back in 20, or, uh, back in 2009, The Hunter's Moon. So, yeah, that was him. Cool. Next up we got, uh, who is this? This is Dr. Z- Dr. Zachary Kling is next here, played by Mark Rolston. And... He was, oh my gosh, he was in 180 things, so. That's a shitload of things. The cast has just been in everything this episode. i got to scroll for a while here. Give me a couple hours. All right, started things off with uh, an 80s classic, X-Bomber. He was in 24 episodes of that show, I guess. Never heard of it. He was in Aliens. He was Private Drake, Brandon. Really? I don't know who that is. I don't either, but, but I cool. love Aliens. Yeah, Aliens was such yeah. a good movie. He was in Wise Guys, which is not uh, Goodfellas. It's not Goodfellas. It was a TV series called Wise Guys. Uh, he was in Lethal Weapon 2, RoboCop 2. <laughs> All the twos. Star Trek The Next Generation, he was in that too, along with his boy. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, he was in one episode. Hell yeah. What a dumb show that was. I Look, the only thing I know about it is that Haley Joel Osment's character had AIDS in it. That's the only thing I know about yeah. that show. He he was in something called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. He was a hot dog vendor in that, so definitely a classic role there. That sounds like it could be an episode of Tales from the Crypt. He was all he was an angel as well as the TV show Dark Angel. He was an angel thing going on back then. Um, he's in some voice work for Justice League. He was in the the 2008 Turok game. I remember that. He was in Saw 5 and 6. He was in Halo 4, Aliens, Colonial Marines, Injustice. Uh, a lot of stuff. He's been in so many things. He was in one episode of Tales from the Jedi. His most recent thing, he was in The Rookie, Feds, from uh, 2023. So he's still working it up. Good job, Mark. Next, our last character today, Brandon, is Jeff Yeager, who played Enoch, the Two-Faced Man. This guy's only been in 67 things, so... That's gone. it? Pathetic. I know. Boo. Started things off in 1984 with a show called V. Never I've heard of, of V. One. He was in The Twilight Zone. He was in Freddy's Nightmares. He's in a couple of horror anthology shows. He was also in Doogie Howser, the scariest murder anthology show, as well as Murder, She Wrote, three episodes. He was in Seinfeld. He played John Jermaine. Sorry, John Jermaine. I don't know. I got a little... I remember him. I don't remember him. I can't remember these one-off characters. That's the one where, like, Elaine is dating him. He plays, like, the... He plays some instrument in a club, and they say, 
you know, they're hot and heavy. And she's like, well, I didn't say we're hot and heavy. Oh, yes, I do remember that one. <laughs> uh, I love the Elaine episodes. They're so funny. Elaine's yeah. my favorite. She's good. They're all good. They are. He was at Mr. and Mrs. Smith for a minute. He was 40s man. Um, his latest one was Atlas Shrugged. Who is John Galt, Brandon? Who is that man? I don't know. Yeah, we will never know. We have to watch the show. I'm not going to, though. No, let's not. Let, that's kind of the cast, though, Brandon. Uh, and that's kind of all I want to say about Lower Birth. You want to know what the yeah. next episode is, even though spoilers Please. already know. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what it's like. Well, the next episode of Tales from the Crypt is called Mute Witness to Murder, Brandon. I can't imagine what that could be about. You want me to tell you? You want me to spoil yeah. everything? Let's let's <laughs> hear the description. All right. Young woman Susie looks out of her window of her apartment and witnesses a man murdering a woman in the apartment directly across from hers. Susie is so traumatized by what she sees that she is rendered mute. Susie is placed in the care of Dr. Trask, who, alas, turns out to be the man who committed the murder she witnessed. So dramatic. <laughs> that, so that sounds like the whole episode. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah, but no, there's a lot that happens. I too. mean, that's that's a summary of the entire story. <laughs> well, you know what? We're actually double recording today, so we've already seen this episode. So I'm not going to ask you what you think of that, but I uh, am excited to talk with you about it here in a few minutes, <laughs> which will be a week right. between episodes. But that's okay. Um, you know what, Brandon? I've been up all night, but God damn it, we got to record again. <laughs> Hopefully it goes a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I've been up all night, but I'm going to be upper all-nighter. Um, poor angel. Hopefully our internet connection is better because, I mean, I'm going to edit this all out, but this has been an, uh, an interesting one. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, it's going to sound like perfect to you guys, but oh boy, this thing was stitched together like pieces of a mummy. Yeah, it's basically Frankenstein's podcast episode, really. But you know what? power of editing will fix that brandon i will let you go for right now and then i will close this out and then t talk with you again in like two seconds thank you so but, much for this break yeah my pleasure all right i will let you go brandon bye everybody <laughs> bye bovine beauty